Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 26th of September 2020. And the title of this episode is Time Travel. There's an assortment of news to get through this week. But first, let's start with the question. Where are all the time travellers? Now, the premise is that if time travel is invented sometime in the future, in the thousands of years that follow, some time travellers would surely come back to our present today. Where are they? As is often the case with weird questions like this, there's an old competition and survey behind it. That's true again. History is repeating itself. In this example, the prize was a Life is Strange graphic novel which Geek Native gave away in April. There are some theories to explain the lack of time travel. One, of course, is that time travel isn't possible. And personally, I think this is pretty compelling, outside the physics of what happens to time as you approach light speed. A close cousin to this is that time travel backwards isn't possible, only forward. It may also be the case, just as in so many movies and TV series, time travel is a dangerous thing and the timeline is fragile. As a result, we might have lots of time travellers, but we don't know about it. They have to keep hidden. The last theory worth headlining in this section is that when time travel happens, it creates alternative realities. And we are in a reality in which no time traveller went back to 2020 or before. I can tell you how other geek native readers voted in the survey. Only 8.5% of readers thought that time travel would only be possible going forward. Twice as many, 17%, thought that time travel would not be possible. 18% thought that time travellers would need to remain hidden to protect the timeline. And 20% thought that we simply don't believe in time travel even when we hear it or see it for ourselves. The largest single group, 36%, went for the alternative timeline option. What do you think? Now, if you're thinking it's a shame that you miss out on all these competitions, then let me take the chance to point out the two currently live on the site even if that means trying to pronounce something awkward again. At the time of recording, there's about a week left to win one of the best card games in the world. It's a German game called Six Mint. There you go, that's the awkward thing. And in the survey, I ask whether people are braver than their friends. The other competition is easier to pronounce, and it's the official novel tie-in for Gears of War 5 and Gears of War Tactics. It's called Gears of War Bloodlines. And the survey there is whether you think we'll see a world war in your lifetime or not. You can find both competitions by following the link in the transcript or from the competitions link at the bottom of Geek Naked. On the other hand, you might be wondering about ways to mess with time in your RPG campaign. Geek Native can help with that too. Professional GM Ben Jackson Hillary writes a series called Genre Police for Geek Native and he has been exploring this very issue. In Deep Time, an article, he looks at what happens at the very natural GM tendency to skip in time or slow it down. For example, saying, and in the morning, is a skip ahead in narrative time. Whereas you might also slow down time to focus on a single dramatic moment. Then, in Time Stand Still, he looks at common techniques. For example, you can dial up the emphasis in time by running a montage scene or a big action sequence. 
you might dial downtime and have a session in which the characters just get to talk and tend to micro-actions after a big um, dramatic event. And then in the genre police article, Time After Time, Ben gets into the awkward business of adding time travel to your games. It's worth a read. He's an experienced GM and knows the pitch apps and how to avoid them. For example, take lots of notes and have the models of the various timelines written down. It is a complex topic. And so in the last article, one more time, he looks at more advanced techniques, such as working with a paradox or creating a time storm. I want to take the chance to briefly segue to the One Division trailer, which came out this week. It shows the Scarlet Witch and the Android Vision living together as a happily married couple in 1960s America. We know that didn't happen. And even in the trailer, the reality timeline begins to break down. According to reports, the trailer has been very well received. This might be due to the lockdown and the slowing of all the new Marvel and DC stuff. And perhaps the pandemic is helping the superhero craze last longer and avoid burnout. It might also be the case that we're all keen to explore these two characters in a bit more detail. And there's certainly a mystery to solve here. Time, of course, or the perception of it, is something that both these powerful heroes have ways of addressing. Speaking of heroes... There's a surprise Batman role-playing game coming out. I say it's a, it's a surprise because it's not coming from a publisher that's often on Geek Native's RPG radar. The company is the French board game publisher called Monolith, and they do make an official Batman board game for DC. The RPG will be called Batman Gotham City Chronicles, and by early accounts it will be a D20 system game. So... Unless there's an update otherwise, that means D&D 3 or 3.5 is still getting new games. That system is generally what publishers mean when they say D20. Well, Monolith has offered to keep Geek Native in the loop, and so I hope to be able to bring you more details as and when they come. There are a few other new games worth calling out this week. Well, that's true most weeks, but this is where the podcast has taken us this week. The first is the folklore horror from Pinnacle, an odd bard called Holler. The setting in Holler is a dark fantasy version of Appalachia. Locals are tough, and everybody else is under the thrall of mad industrialists and their machines, and a dangerous and corrupting fog known as the Blight warps the low ground. Expect encounters with cryptids, demons, and of course the deadly machines of the robber barons. If American set games are of interest, then Grim and Perla's studio's Flames of Freedom might suit. There's a free preamble out for it already. On the surface, the game is about American rebels rising up and throwing off the crumbling might of British imperial rule. However, below that, there's an occult mystery in a world which no longer believes in the supernatural. There are flesh-eating ghouls tunnelling under Boston, witches in the swamp, and the Freemasons are up to something. Coming to D&D 5e is a setting called Fading Embers. The primer was 10 bucks, but is now, as of today, a pay-what-you-want with a recommended price of $0.00. Fading Embers is a fantasy world that's all but been choked to death by a magical winter. Divine magic does not work. Fire magic is rare. And on the Geek Native blog, there's some of the art to check out. I think Fading Embers makes Icewind Dale and the Rime of the Frostmaiden look toasty. We'll have to see what it does in Kickstarter, but I suspect if you want to ramp up your frozen fantasy horror, then this setting will be a great help. 
Sticking with D&D, but going in a completely different direction, there's Blackstorm Realms from Jetpack 7. This is a space fantasy campaign wrapper. Now, I'm calling it a wrapper because you can use it to travel from planet to planet or setting to setting. And if the Kickstarter is successful, it will produce a book with three worlds in it. And veteran writer Jim Pinto is at the helm of one. Another D&D setting to watch is The Wagadoo Chronicles. Now, we've spoken about this Afro-fantasy on Audio XP before, but the Kickstarter is now live, and publisher Twin Drums aims to expand the tabletop with more supplements. Also, Twin Drums has signed on Riot Games as a patron. I think this is a good partnership. Riot can certainly help them with the computer game, as The Wagadoo Chronicles will also be an MMO, and Riot certainly seems serious about getting into the tabletop game space. Some old games are coming back to D&D too. Green Ronin's romantic fantasy, Blue Rose, is getting a D&D 5e supplement. What's a romantic fantasy? I guess it's just like a fantasy, but with a bit more emphasis on relationships, politics and social. And a little less on Death by Goblin. If you like authors like Mercedes Lackey, Tamora Pierce or, say, Ren Spencer, then you already know the genre. Wizards of the Coast are even working to bring back three of their old settings to D&D. That was announced by D&D boss Ray Winninger right at the end of D&D's Celebration 2020. Wizards haven't told us what those settings could be, but a poll of over a thousand fans on Facebook put Dark Sun in first place as a setting people wanted, followed by Dragonlance and then Spell Drama. I don't think that news from Wizards of the Coast was the biggest this week. I'd argue that the Hero Quest news was bigger. We talked about the potential for two or even three Hero Quests two weeks ago, and now we know there will be one, and it will be a new board game. Avalon Hill announced a million dollar crowdfunding campaign for the next edition of Hero Quest. They're only taking money from Americans and Canadians and can't ship to all of Canada, but they made that million dollars within a day. So, what about the role-playing game known as Hero Quest? Chaosium has sold the trademark back to Hasbro. I hope they made a tidy profit. The RPG isn't going away. It's been renamed to Quest Worlds. So, time to protect your Hero Quest branded books as they might start to get rare and valuable. The clue that something like this were all there to be seen, including a Hasbro trademark application that seemed to go through even if it did apply to a different category than the one Chaosium and Moon Design had. Oh well. Investigative journalist, I am not. But, I think there are candidates for bigger gaming stories if we leave the realm of tabletop RPGs. Amazon announced Luna this week. That's our streaming system for computer games to take on Microsoft's xCloud and Google Stadia. I still pay for Stadia, but I'm generally too busy to use it. This may change when Baldur's Gate or Cyberpunk 2077 come out. As I said earlier, this blogger isn't getting the latest NVIDIA card, so perhaps the need for Google's hardware will increase as the months roll on. Amazon, of course, will be a player in this space, no doubt. They've not been too successful with publishing games, but they do own Twitch. Okay, Luna might be the biggest gaming news we've had this week in due time, but there's a degree of speculation to it candidate for the biggest news of the week that's rooted in cold hard cash comes from Microsoft. They spent 7.5 billion dollars 
to buy ZeniMax Media. ZeniMax owned Basidia and therefore games like Skyrim and the other Elder Scroll games, Doom, Dishonored, Prey, Fallout and many more. Games like Starfield, what they've been working on now, will surely come out same day release for PC and Xbox. I can remember when pundits were urging Microsoft to sell the Xbox as it didn't fit in with the company's business model. This was only a couple of years ago. It just shows you how wrong some pundits can be. A happy story takes us back from computer games to D&D. Popular D&D designer Katie Welsh left Wizards of the Coast just a few weeks ago and didn't seem to have a job to go to. We can now happily say that Katie Welsh is at Secret Door. Secret Door is one of two new studios from a company called Dreamhaven. Dreamhaven is new itself and is the latest project from ex-Blizzard boss Mike Moriheim. Secret Door say they're not just interested in computer games, but also RPGs and tabletop games. A good news story to finish up with is the launch of Critical Role Foundation. Those hugely successful voice actors of Critical Role are determined to do good, and I appreciate it. The Critical Role Foundation is as you imagine it, a legally appropriate and tax-efficient organisation to collect donations from fans. They'll send most of the money raised to charity partners, and they will squirrel away a small percentage to deal with emergencies. And on that note, let's call it a wrap. Keep safe, be warm, stay out of melee range, and see you next week.